It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Ian Boyd of InsideTexas.com. Ian, the X's and O's expert uh, for the site uh, and one of the best at what he does. Welcome in, Ian. Thanks for having me again, Bobby. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy you're here. I want to talk about a few things today. There's some news breaking. Uh, Diamante Tucker Dorsey, the linebacker out of James Madison, uh, apparently down to Texas and UCF, Central Florida. He's visiting UCF the, the second full day here. Uh, in Austin. Uh, he's, he visited UCF over the weekend, visiting uh, Texas today or yesterday and today. Uh, USC, apparently, according to uh, uh, Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas, uh, is also now a possibility, but we could be seeing a uh, decision here at any moment or any day, really, with the linebacker out of James Madison, a second team FCS All American. Uh, Ian, you got a chance to watch film on Diamante Tucker Dorsey. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I watched him in his uh, semifinal against North Dakota State. If uh, anybody is not as clued into the FCS scene as I sometimes am, North Dakota State, power team. Uh, everybody knows that they've had a couple quarterbacks go pro. They also had a couple offensive linemen and fullbacks go pro as well. So they're a smash you in the face downhill power, A-gap power team. And uh, he played against them at James Madison probably a few times, but I watched him last year in the semifinal. And um, it was useful just for the, to see how he does against, you know, bigger linemen, power running. And he is, uh, he's like a, a smaller version of what you would hope David Benda could become with a few more years to learn to play linebacker. So he's a uh, 5'10", 214. He's small. He's quick. He's not an elite athlete. He's not like um I mean, there's a reason he was at James Madison, right? Um, he was not fast enough to play safety, and it took him a while to be remotely big enough to play linebacker. So he's not going to be a guy that can, despite his size, you might think he's like a smaller coverage guy. Uh, he's not quite that athletic. But he knows where he knows where to find the ball. He knows how to navigate the wash inside. Um, if he gets caught by a lineman, it goes poorly, as you would think. But he's a little bit better at just – hitting his spots and getting into getting into position better. So um, definitely a useful player to add for Texas because God knows they need more linebackers that know how to consistently find the ball. Me and uh, Eric Nalin talked yesterday in the state of the program pod, uh, uh, video cast and podcast about the linebacker development. Um, we feel like DeMarvian Overshone and Jalen Ford are likely the starters. They, they emerged from the spring with starter with David Benda, the key backup there to uh, Overshone. Um, what does what where does Tucker Dorsey, in your opinion, fit in into that group? Well, it kind of depends on what exactly they want to do next year. If they're going to run a two inside linebacker scheme like last year, then he's an uh, important backup piece like Benda, and he would probably back up probably Jalen Ford, I would guess, at Mike linebacker. He played Will 
had uh, James Madison, but it, those two positions are very similar. So it wouldn't be a huge deal to, to flip back and forth. Um, if they play a 3-3 stack next year, which I'm suspicious they might do since they did not land Mathis or Drew Sanders or any other edge in the portal, then that would explain why they might have been particularly eager to add a late inside linebacker transfer in the portal. Because if you play a 33 stack, then you don't have an edge and you have like maybe Overshone or a Gofu playing off the ball behind a tackle. And now they, they don't count as one of your other two inside linebackers. So then you have Ford, you have Binda, and then it goes big drop off to like Devin Richardson or Jet Bush. Um, so I, this, this actually makes me more suspicious that they will run a 3-3 defense next season, a true 3-3, old school 3-3 defense, not a 3-3, but one of those linebackers is a hybrid outside linebacker edge kind of guy, but like three off-ball linebackers like Iowa State. And so I, if that's the case, then he's essential for depth. I want to say this. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because we've talked about how Jordan Addison could fit in this offense and how uh, O'Shawn Mathis could fit in the defense. Uh, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves with another person another, here that still is yet to make a decision from the transfer portal. Right. Well, I haven't written the article, so the curse is – I don't know if the curse takes into effect until I write the article. But even if they don't get him, I mean, we know that they, they want – an inside linebacker transfer. They've zeroed in on him. If they don't get him, maybe they maybe they go get another one instead. So I don't know if this is like a. Um, I, I think I think this is something that they're just really eager to get done one way or the other. And he happens to be the top target right now. Well, I, I, I have to say, Ian, it's got to be uh, slim pickings now because they they're only dealing with grad transfers at this point because the regular transfer portal is its effective date for next season is officially closed. Um, and so unless there's somebody else out there that, that I'm unaware of that, they, that they're in on. Um, all right, let's, let's move forward here. I do need to mention two other things. Yesterday, um, Arch Manning, uh, his, his recruitment may have changed slightly because the Alabama Crimson Tide, one of the three teams that Manning is said to be considering, uh, received a commitment from a fellow Louisiana quarterback, Eli Holstein, who's also one of the top handful of quarterbacks around the country. Uh, but Alabama and Manning are still going to visit tomorrow on, on this program. I'm going to be speaking to Sam Spiegelman, uh, the area recruiting expert uh, for the Southwest region uh, for on three. Sam lives in, in New Orleans and knows the, the Manning family and has known and followed uh, Arch's uh, career since the eighth grade. So uh, I hope that'll uh, shed some light on that situation. Uh, furthermore, Longhorn basketball right now, waiting on a decision from uh, probably the key player in the transfer portal for them. That's Tyrese Hunter, uh, the guard out of Iowa State, who is said to be uh, choosing between Texas and Tennessee. Rick Barnes trying to do some work there uh, against his former Longhorns. All right. Um, you and I wanted to get together today, Ian, and talk about uh, the run game. Uh, Sands, Jordan Addison, just with the, the pieces that they have right now, and what that means for Bijan Robinson. Because it, it's it's if I'm understanding you correctly, you think Bijan Robinson is the the real key to this offense and in, in uh, this coming year for Steve Sarkeesian. 
Yeah, I, and in particular, I think a really good Texas season looks something like uh, Michigan State last year, where Kenneth Walker ran for sixteen hundred yards, and it was the main, like the main feature centerpiece of the of the team. Now, with Michigan, if you look at Michigan State last year, what was going on was they ran a spread eye. They had three good receivers, and their quarterback, uh, his name escapes me, but he had a big arm, and he could throw to either corner of the field. And so it just necessarily opened up a lot of space for Kenneth Walker, and they had a big senior line. So Kenneth Walker had a big season. Um, we've been seeing that a lot in college football in the recent eight seasons. So just when you pair a big arm and a spread with a really good running back, you get insanely explosive results. Um, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, um, there's another Chuba Hubbard at Oklahoma State a couple of years ago when he ran for 2000. Deontay Foreman when he ran for 2000 at Texas. If Texas is going to have a big season next year, it probably looks like uh, Quinn Ewers opening up space for Bijan Robinson to just go nuts. And uh, so, so I, you know, you mentioned Deontay Foreman, and that's the last that's the last uh, Longhorn that's rushed for. Uh, I mean, where do you go for 2000, uh, 2,028 yards in 2016? Uh, averaged 6.3 yards per carry. Sterling Gilbert, the offensive coordinator for the Longhorns, just kept giving him the rock because that, he really was uh, probably the only true uh, uh, playmaker they had on that offense at the time. Um, you know, Texas did something back then where they were running that veer and shoot where they split out the receivers further out to create more space up the gut, so to speak, in between the tackles or even off tackle with Foreman. Um, you don't see, do you see um, Sarkeesian doing something like that? I know he doesn't run the veer and shoot, but is that what you're talking about by opening up more space? Or is it simply because of the threat of the ball being able to go outside that, that Texas is going to be able to do that? Well, I guess either way, honestly, because um, the, the, key, the key factor, whether you have tight ends or a spread field with extra receivers, the key factor is whether the defense can commit a safety to getting extra numbers in the run game or whether they have to keep them back to stop the pass. And um, they are going to have to keep them back to stop the pass for sure on uh, Xavier Worthy and potentially on Isaiah Nayor as well. If, if Isaiah Nayor is also torturing cornerbacks one-on-one -on -one and Texas can line up Nayor or Worthy to the far side of the field and teams have to respect that with the deep safety on the far hash, you just inevitably get open space for Bijan to run the ball. Um, it could be, you know, eight on eight, eight on seven with extra tight ends, or it could be six on five with a spread field. It doesn't really matter. They actually, with Foreman, they would play with Caleb Blewett and Andrew Beck at times if they needed, if they wanted to just mash with him. Or against like Kansas State, they spent most of the game in 10 personnel. And they ran Deontay Foreman on a five-man box with receivers split wide to either side. Doesn't really particularly matter. Um, you can kind of just play to the matchups. But the main thing is that back-end safety guy. What can he can he is he out in center field or can he actually be an impact on the game? 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Here's something for you to consider. Texas finished the country, I finished last season, number 26 in the country in rushing per game. Uh, they averaged 5.23 yards per carry, and that imputes the sacks that they had mm. against Casey Thompson and those guys. Um, you know, that's a healthy percentage, but the offense bogged down so much in the second half. Is that because teams started paying more attention to the run and forcing them to pass in the second half and they couldn't do it? Um, what do you, and, and if, if they're already number 26 in the country, where could they, you know, they can't go too much higher, I wouldn't think, in, in 2022 uh, from, from that perspective. Oh, I think they could go a lot higher. Um, like you look at like Travis Etienne, I may be butchering his last name. I don't know how. I don't know how to pronounce it. You're talking it. about the running back from Clemson. Clemson no, running back in the, Trevor, in the Trevor Lawrence area. Yeah. Um, he was averaging 7.5, eight yards per carry, which is just a whole nother level beyond. But that's what you get when you have a quarterback with a big arm and receivers who can stretch the field. Is that defenses, they inevitably have to say, like, we, we, can't, we can't let them score on one play throwing over the top. We're going to have to give them a little bit of room to run. And when you do that against a high enough caliber running back, um, you get huge numbers. As for why Texas slipped in the second half in the running game, that is a really tricky, complicated question, just thinking off the top of my head. I think I would suspect that part of that was that their passing game would lose steam over the course of games when they ran out of their play script. Um, and so teams just started to zero in more and more on the run as the game went on. I haven't, I haven't actually watched the games to try to, to try to sense that or see that on film, but just from my memories of the games and how they proceeded, that'd be my guess would be that they lost the ability to constrain teams. And then they just were loaded up on Bijan, whether their alignments changed or not, everybody was all eyes on Bijan once they knew what Texas is, you know, pre-prepared plays that they had planned to run in the passing game were. So Bijan ended the season last year with 1,127 yards rushing, 11 touchdowns, Ian. Okay. Um, that would have, that yard total puts him at 34th in the country. But what a lot of people don't realize is Bijan only played in 10 games. And on a per game basis, he actually rushed for, you know, a, a hundred and, uh, you know, 112 yards per game, you know, and so he's looking at literally uh, he would have been ranked eighth in the country last year from a yards per game rushing standpoint. Uh, that's not bad. Then you have Roshan Johnson. Roshan rushed for 569 yards on 96 carries a year ago, five touchdowns himself. He actually rushed more yards per carry, 5.9, than Bijan did at 5.8. Just I know they didn't get Addison, but I know they have Mayor and Worthy, who we, we saw in the spring game. They both looked terrific. Jordan Whittington looked terrific in the spring game, I thought, as well. And, and is, is really, uh, as long as he stays healthy, uh, a key piece of this. 
you know, where where do you really think the, those guys can go and this offense can go from here? You really think they can get up to six, six and a half yards per carry uh, this season? Yes. Yes, I do. It's just, you know, sp- spacing can do the work of uh, offensive linemen for you. You know, like when Chuba Hubbard ran for 2,000 yards a couple of years ago at Oklahoma State, it's not because Oklahoma State had a bunch of NFL linemen that year. Uh, they might have I mean, they had a couple of decent ones, but it was Oklahoma State, you know, and uh, they just cleared out space. Same thing with Michigan State last year in the Big Ten. They had a lot of senior linemen that were solid, but this was not like an NFL front. They just had spacing doing the work for linemen. Um, and uh, Addison, I feel like Addison for Texas was largely a, he would have helped the run game because they could have split him out and run slants on RPOs and things like uh, Texas did for Foreman times you know, three, because Addison's so good. But he was really a, would have been a difference maker in just a pure drop at passing game without the run game attached. Just the quarterback, you know, progression one, progression two, whatever, throw the ball. Because he's a terrific slot receiver inside. And he was just impossible for teams to deal with um, without basically bracketing him inside and outside to keep him from getting open, kind of like Jordan Shipley. That's a really nice piece. That's like a that's like a piece that you want to win a championship. Because to win a championship, you got to be able to throw the ball. But to do what Texas wants to do next year, which is just win the Big 12, be in the Big 12 championship game, run the ball, that piece is not as essential. There's a lot of ways. If you once you have the outside uh, stress from Naor and Worthy, and you actually have a quarterback that can hit them, which is very unique at Texas because of viewers, if he starts. Um, you don't you don't need the dominant um, chain moving slot. It's a nice piece to have, but just for opening space for Bijan, it's not as necessary. So, um, I, yeah, I, I think that great piece to have. But at the end of the day, this is about next year's about Bijan Robinson and you know 200 carries. He should run for 1500 yards or more. 250 carries. He could be in the 2000 range. That's what I expect next season. Wow, I mean that those are those are huge numbers. Of course, he's I for I think he's not if not the best, one of the two or three best running backs in the country. Uh, returning next year, not only Deuce Vaughn at uh, Kansas State, I think he's a special guy, even though he's diminutive, uh, diminutive. Uh, and then Travion Henderson, young man out of Ohio State, uh, spectacular young player as well. Um, Another guy with the same deal, right? Travion Henderson had Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and then Jackson Smith. Jigba, yeah. In the, in the middle. So they were, you know, he was not looking at heavy boxes last year, hardly ever either. Same, right. same, same deal. So that's the idea is, is kind of that Ohio State offense where, you know, you have such weapons on the outside and a quarterback able to, to, to utilize them that maybe people get the, a little weak on the inside and not pay as much attention. Um, where do the tight ends sit in that, that structure? I mean, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, did are they split out? Are they in line? Are they in an H-back position or just a variety of roles? Yeah, it could be – basically, it can just play to their strengths. Uh, Billingsley can go wide and be a, a pass threat to just hold the attention of the defender so he can't be in the box. Jatavian Sanders, uh, maybe at some point this offseason we'll talk about how they might use him. I see him attached blocking. I think they might be kind of a – I think they might run a lot of sweeps next year because he has the size and power to, to block down and ends and allow them to, you know, maybe pull a Devin Campbell right outside. Um, 
yeah, they could put them in HVAC if they're good at HVAC. It doesn't really matter. Basically, wherever they would fit best, you can plug them in. Um, you have spacing afforded by the big arm and the deep threats. So how you clean up whatever's left in the middle field of the field is almost inconsequential. Just You just play to your strengths. Like you could theoretically run the Nebraska I option offense, right? If you had the players for it and you had the deep threats that you probably would not find those two things paired together, but it doesn't matter. You get a numbers advantage inside and then you clean up. So you're saying, I just to, just to clarify, you're saying Bijan, Fifteen hundred yards, not that out of the out of the realm as long as he stays healthy. Absolutely, he should six yards per carry, no question. If this works like it should, seven yards per carry. Wow. Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush type numbers. Why not? He's got it. All right, that, that's amazing. Um, uh, all right, I, I think that's going to be enough X's and O's for today. Uh, before I let you go, we we are going to have. I want to mention we are going to have Sam Spiegelman tomorrow. Uh, the uh, the uh, reporter, recruiting reporter from the city of New Orleans uh, that is familiar with the Arch Manning uh, recruitment. Uh, also, uh, I want to send out our heartfelt uh, thoughts uh, towards the people of Uvalde. Uh, I've been to Uvalde a couple times in my life, uh, always known it to be a great place. Um, just a shocking, shocking development there and want everybody to know uh, there's a reason people in, in Texas are uh, typically very uh, passionate about the state. They're proud of it. Uh, what happened uh, yesterday is uh, hurt hurts everyone in the state. So, all right. For Ian Boyd, uh, I'm Bobby Burton. And this has been On Texas Football. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.